and then they just show a rule and they just start blasting homes and just yeah. obliterating the whole neighborhood. On the trailer, they go, it's time for dinner. It's, it's time to die. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Tempo Film. I'm Steve, and this is Chris and Brad, and we're a VHS podcast that looks at the trailers, box art, and behind the scenes. Guys, welcome back. Christmas is over, and we're heading into the new year. Okay, guys. New Year's re- resolution. Resolution? Revolution. Whatever. Chris, what, what is it? Unpack all my tapes. There you go. Brad, you got anything? Avoid Disney. Florida and Southwest Airlines. Ooh. Fuck. Uh, okay. Side tangent. Oh. Uh, I'm going to Disney uh, next week. Brad went week prior, whenever this episode comes out. And I'm, we're, we're flying Southwest. And I'm terrified. Okay. Yeah. Your own peril there. I mean, after this trip, the time in the airport, I mean, I'm just a little bit sick still. I mean, who knows where the hell I'm is in Florida. So whatever viruses are going around there, I'm almost certainly have it. But you know, a lot of people like to say if their life was a movie, it would be like Top Gun or Commando or like the Bourne series. But really, in actuality, to be completely level with you guys, not for me. I mean, if, it, if my life was a movie, I'd be like a Gelfling. <laughs> and the Disney Corporation would be like Skeksis, just extracting every last bit of essence. Before leaving me a zombie. I mean, that's basically what they've done to me at this point. So you're going to go back next year? <laughs> you know, the staff is amazing down there. I mean, how do you work with that massive humanity and just not be totally cynical towards, like, humans? But they're so great. I, I don't know. I'm friends with uh, ex-princess. Yeah, how do they do yeah. that? No, I thought there was going to be more to that. No, it just it takes a lot. They They yeah. love it. They go back to Disney and visit. It's a mm-hmm. special breed of people. You know, we did that. We did the Star Wars thing in the Hollywood Studios where, you know, I'm still angry about how dirty they did Akbar by replacing him with like purple haired Laura Dern and like yeah. giving her that hero thing. But then again, in my mind, the sequel trilogy no longer exists. So it never happened. So I don't have to deal with that anymore. Well, we talk about Star Wars a lot in this podcast. So yeah. I rewatched, uh, what is it, the, the Last Jedi? Yeah. Uh, my wife for Christmas got me like the nine blu-ray disney released all of them each one of them has their own special features so the first one i popped in is i gotta watch this for brad because he had text you know he's talking about akbar and he'd send some stuff and after watching it is the last jedi right that's the subtitle yeah that's that's the seventh one eighth one eighth one yeah ryan johnson one and i can tell you after the shock wore off this is the second time i watched it since the theater or first time I've watched it since the theater. And after the shock wore off of all the stuff that they did, it's really just a convoluted, bloated, boring movie. And I don't know what I said on the podcast when we did it. And I want to go back and rewatch it or re-listen just to see if I was a little kind to it or, you know, how my opinion changed. But last night was, it was, I watched it last night. It was rough to get through it. So Laura Dern, I love Laura Dern. But that is a terrible character. I, I normally watch them like every year, every other year. And mm-hmm. there will always be like one or two of them that I think sucks that I liked the year before. And it will always change. I think it just depends on like where you are at the time when you watch it. You're like, man, this is boring. Yeah, that was uh, last year. I went through the first six and Clone Wars, mm-hmm. uh, the the second one, episode two. That one, that one's still the worst in my mind. I mean, I I just... That's so boring. It's like, yeah, blah. Um, yeah, going back, I think I remember you and Matt did that mm-hmm. year interview podcast after episode yeah. eight, and you weren't very kind to episode eight. I think you guys tore into it pretty good, especially yeah, like the second act. You were like, I think you guys made the point where this was completely unnecessary. That's pretty much most of the movie, just an unnecessary mess, and Ryan Johnson kind of just not giving a shit. <laughs> like yeah, for I, me. I, yeah. For me, like the whole sequel trilogy is unnecessary. You didn't even need it. No. I know. Yeah. I mean, Enough. I'm, 
I'm happy getting movies, but I'd like them to go in a different direction soon. Like they did with Andor. Like, yeah. good job. Disney golf clap. I, I loved it. I, I don't know why that series is not talked about more. Uh, it should be praised more, but maybe it's just Star Wars fatigue. I don't know. I mean, Clone Wars, the animated series is like it for me. I love that. And I watched the final season of that because you you had mentioned that um, you don't need to watch anything else. You can just watch the final season. And I watched like the first five episodes of it. And I'm like, I can't go through all this is going to take forever. I don't have the patience. And then I watched the final season. I was like, that's a really good show. Wow. Yeah, I want to watch everything. Yeah. Yeah. And good. then is like really been yeah. great for Star Wars. And then instead of watching the entire show, I just watched the Bad Batch and I was like, this is really good. Yeah, that's really good too. They're animated. It's great. Yeah. So, all right, let's get on to our true Christmas film. Even though, let's say the Brad picked this. This is the Brad's pick. So Brad, did you know this was actually a Christmas film? I didn't until you brought it up. And it's obvious if you watch the movie that it is a Christmas film. It takes place in Christmas. I mean, you have American families out decorating the tree at night, like real Americans would in suburbia. <laughs> well, well, Chris is the one who brought it to my attention. That's Chris. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And they go to the mall and, then, and it's busy. And it's like, I, how did I gloss over that? I mean, was a smart ass about it. It's like, this isn't a Christmas movie. I was like, bullshit. No, the way you said <laughs> like it, I was, was like, in it. I was like, this isn't our Christmas film. Silent Night's oh, our Christmas oh. film. And you're like, no, this is a Christmas film. And I was like, Oh my god! And I and I already watched it, and I'm like, what was what the fuck is wrong with my brain? Yeah, they're literally going to a mall where people are Christmas shopping and get into just a giant awesome fight, and my brain never registered. Yeah, it's a Christmas film. After you brought that up, Chris, to me it's now it is the ult the ultimate Christmas film. I mean, this is one for the grandma and grandpa, brothers and sisters, nephews, nieces, kids. Not a Christmas movie, so I mean, especially off your list. Especially for drunk uncle, because you know he's going to be watching this and then owning the libs after a few drinks. In the well, beginning, though, I thought it was straight up the racist uncle movie, but uh, it turned. It changed a little bit, and I was like, okay, okay, okay. It's more of like, yes, there's a little racist uncle movie in it, obviously, the beginning, which gives no fucks. Like, wow. But we'll discuss that when we get in the movie notes. But I also feel this is a little flag-humping drunk uncle. Flag humping drunk uncle. Snorting cocaine, going out with the American flag, shooting off fireworks. He's like, Fuck yeah! Yeah, woo! Roman candles! I guarantee every listener immediately gets one of their uncles in their mind or their dad, who is that uncle. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should show them this film uh, next time, next Christmas. You know, football, I don't think will be on because it'll be a, it will be a Monday. So uh, next Christmas, 2023 Christmas, it should be Invasion USA on your TV. I know everyone wants to watch the Muppets Christmas Carol. I'm telling you right now, if you want true entertainment, Invasion USA. I 100% agree with, percent agree with that. And here's a hot take that some people aren't going to like. What's that movie that's always playing like a Christmas story with that one kid? Yeah. Totally Christmas overrated. Story. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, get it off my, get it out like my face. 12 or 13 times that weekend. I don't want it the whole time. You know what else is overrated? Charlie Brown. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I'm just going to piss off everybody. (laughs) What we do, we don't need need listeners. Just piss them all off. And anyway, if you're still listening, uh, let's get into the quick facts. Uh, Directed by Joseph Zito. Uh, If if you've heard this name, it's probably because you've watched Friday the 13th, the final chapter. I mean, a lot of people consider it either one or two when it comes to the best sequels of that franchise. Uh, we got screenplay by James Broner, which had no Wikipedia. I have no idea if that guy's real or not. And Chuck Norris has a screenplay credit. Uh, he did come up with a story. So, and story by Aaron Norris and a James Broner again, man, it's amazing how, when I look in the past, how many times that Chuck and Aaron, his brother worked together. Got distributed by the great Canon Films, budget of $12 million, released on September 27th, 1985, with a box office return of $17.5 million. But the true glory of this film, and I'm showing it for the listeners out there, was on VHS. This thing ran wild. 
it was one of the top selling VHSs. I mean, of like the entire nineties. Yeah. Which they, they blows said, my well, mind. Like I had no idea that it was that successful. I knew the real, the joy, the, yeah, the pot was, of gold for this was the, the VHS sales. Until yeah. 2007, it was the second best selling MGM VHS. Wow. Right behind Gone with the Wind. Yeah, and just slightly better than Gone with the Wind. I mean, yeah, let's I, be honest. <laughs> you know, I think the, the Golan Globus, those two guys, that team, those guys are a bit ahead of their time. You know, they kind of, imagine what mm -hmm. they would do with like a Netflix platform today. I mean, how many of those, those guys' movies have we done already between like, from the inception of Analog Jones? I mean, Canon, if it was still around, should be giving us royalties for how much we shill for their, I mean, their properties I, here. I think we got a little embarrassed at one point. It's like, maybe we should do a little bit more than New Line and Canon. And I was like, all right, okay. And I think we got to wait for it for a while. But, you know, we turned back in because this, damn, this was entertaining. This movie flew by. Loved every second of it. And starring the only two people that matter in this, Chuck Norris as CIA agent Matt Hunter and Richard Lynch as Mikkel Rostov. Rostov? Rostov. Something like that. Is there anything else that we need to say? Uh, I, I do love the tagline on this VHS is America wasn't ready, but he was. But he was. <laughs> you know, I tell you, another guy who was having a tough time of it between, between like Rostov would be Gorbachev at this point, because he's also dealing mm -hmm. with Rambo in Southeast Asia, taking out all of his Spetsnaz dudes in Vietnam. So, And this right came out time. in 85. So what? That was like two years before uh, the wall, the fall, the Berlin Wall. This is why the wall fell. Oh, okay. But, you know, you got all that stuff going over uh, on in Europe. And what was uh, what was um, Reagan's famous line? Tear down this wall. Yeah. And you know what? I call a little bullshit on this movie because Reagan would never let terrorists attack America. I'm just telling you that right now. That would have been Clinton. All right. One of those limp dick, no spine liberals. <laughs> Oh shit! We uh, just lost three more. His dick wasn't always limp, though. I'll tell you what. Yeah, it was like it was well until nineteen like ninety six. Whenever that thing happened, that was kind of popular. Nice. Yeah, it's like limp dick isn't really the way to describe Bill Clinton. <laughs> It'd be like that saxophone playing, McDonald's eating, no spine liberal, something like that. I don't know. All right, let's get on and get past my bullshit. Pop this movie in. We had no trailers. That's sad. But before we get on to the movie, you guys ready to watch this fucking trailer? Merry Christmas! Can I put the star up this year? Time for dinner! No one thought it could ever happen here. They are an army of international terrorists. America has not been invaded by a foreign enemy in nearly 200 years. Their target, America. Their objective, control. 18 hours from now, America will be a different place. Now, only one thing stands in their way. It's time to die. Didn't work, huh? Now it will. They wanted a war. See you in hell. He gave them one. Send me a postcard. Chuck Norris. Invasion USA. I mean, we barely talked through that trailer because it was awesome took my breath away it's just all explosions it's everything i want how do they film this movie for such a low budget there with all those explosions and well, all those tanks well can't be cheap they got the tanks they got like the, the what was that the m7 the the, the bazookas they got all that mm -hmm. all the props and well i mean the, the helicopters extras. at one time 
uh, getting all these homes to explode in the mall. So I read that Chuck Norris made um, $2 million, almost $2 million on this shoot. Uh, some of the money, I think, went to his brother on his contract because this was the first film of the six film deal that they signed him to after the success of Missing in Action. So, I mean, you got a $12 million budget. Now, remember, this is canon, so they're not exactly truthful with all their money because they said they almost paid him $2 million. I believe that. But they also said that the scenes in the um, in the swamp cost about two million dollars to shoot, and then the scenes in the mall cost, or the end, the uh, third act, that entire like war that they had, cost about five million. So that means about right there is nine million dollars of your twelve million dollar budget, so three million for the rest. Uh, now the rest of it wasn't a lot of explosions; it was a lot of squibs and guns. So maybe they did pull this off like that. Who knows? But this was definitely, at the time, I think the biggest, most bombastic canon film. Yeah. That's crazy. It sold so well. I've never heard of this movie until oh, wow. you guys told yeah. me to watch it. Can we talk about this cover? This cover. Hey, this... Uh, in the in the background there, uh, Chris, is, is that a Russian flag? Is that what that is? You fucking communist. What's wrong? Wait, you mean you? my sickle? <laughs> tell me you're a communist without telling me you're a communist i don't even know what invasion usa is who's <laughs> chuck norris hey i've only seen walker texas ranger walker told me i have aids that is great okay I mean, that is great second American. place second you know yeah so this cover i mean this chuck norris in this picture he's a 44 to 45 year old dude in this point he's like just jacked maybe some airbrushing well, I, I can't tell you, I, I do have a note that this might be the most manly <laughs> I've ever seen Chuck Norris. Uh, because there's a point in time, I, I think when he's on the airboat and he's got his uh, denim like shirt just unbuttoned and like flowing in the wind. And it's just like he's not like ripped, but he's like all muscle. There's like hardly any fat on him. And he's just like a, a bearded, beautiful man. <laughs> yeah. First off. Thanks for bringing and I mean, that up. And you I guys, mean that like he's a man. You guys need to remind me. That needs to be my Halloween costume next year. Just full <laughs> denim with like the sleeveless denim shirt, like unbuttoned three quarters of the way. With like a nice Canadian tuxedo. You know, and another thing too, he's out there living in the swamp, you know, probably no running water, very little, no running water, no shower. How's he so clean all the time? Because his armadillo cleans him. His pet armadillo. That guy's adorable though. Knocks the bull yeah. over. <laughs> I and then, and then blows up. I had no fucking. I mean, I do not remember that armadillo at all as a kid. And when it was in this, I'm like, "Fuck, it's an armadillo!" Like, shit. Who? They, there's no other movie where someone has a pet armadillo. It doesn't exist. <sighs> yeah, just like little Amazing. rodent things. Yeah, I don't know what you would. Oh, I mean, why did they decide to throw it in there? I guess you know what would be nice here is an armadillo. Because it's I would Chuck Norris's real pet. I hope it is. I hope your guess is completely accurate. Or like Aaron Norris, you know, he's just like, no, we've always had armadillos. They, they look at us like we're stupid. What do you like, mean? You don't have an armadillo? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Uh, but no great hero is uh, truly complete without a great villain. And I love Richard Lynch in this because he's weird. Just over the top, shooting dicks off weird. All right. Yeah. Just the Wow. Yeah, he belonged in like a weird psycho horror movie with this character. Yeah. So yeah, we start people up. You know, he's insane. We start, they set him up right away. We start off with a smuggling. Uh, why would you smuggle cocaine with a bunch of refugees on a broken down boat? But you didn't start it off with smuggling. You started it off with refugees that Human pull up to the boat and then he kills all of them. And then that's when you figure out that there was like cocaine there. That's why yeah. I thought it was a real different movie in the beginning. You could have just rolled up and said, like, could you please give me the cocaine and not killed everybody? Could have. But not not if you're Richard Lynch, no. But really, at first, I was just like, oh, man, they they hate immigrants, even though all of them are foreign coming to this country. And it kind of just establishes that they're not in this to take any hostages. They're not in this to, like, you know, kill some people and then negotiate. No, they just want America. And anyone who's coming to it needs to know, get the fuck out. We're taking it. 
I just don't understand why they decided to make such a ragtag or I'm going to say woke terrorist group. They're like, we've got to get every ethnicity in here. Like, yeah, I got confused by that too. Yeah, and like so, I thought it was Russians, and then all of a sudden I was like, "Well, it's not all Russian." Well, back to that drunk uncle thing. I mean, you got to get drunk uncle scared of everybody, you know. If like every ethnicity is coming to get you, drunk, you got to be scared. You know, you got to get him scared of like college liberals. You got to get him scared of Asians know, who are dressed Asians. as cops. I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And even more bizarre is those the the Asian cop. There might have been two of them kill Mexicans at one point or some. I, I, yeah, they obviously. just roll up and start shooting them up at the, the, the club. But it was like a restaurant or something at the time. Serving but, food you know, you would think with Canon, you know, it would have been like, you know, Mex they would have showed like Mexicans like pickpocketing someone and did that shit to him. And then they would have killed them and said, like, see, but no, like Canon decided like, no, no, these are the good Latinos that we put in our movies. There's not many. Uh, and then, then they kill him. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I, I guess someone in Canon knew that, you know, Cubans and Mexicans and Puerto Ricans live in Florida. Cause I think this all takes place in Florida and they're like, Oh, go, you know, put them in there. Cause yeah. that's what I imagine. These guys who are not from the United States who just come over from the, is it from, were they from? I can't remember where Guam and Globus was from. They're from Israel. Is it Israel? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they came over here and like, it's funny because these Israel, Israeli filmmakers are just some of the most racist guys <laughs> in filmmaking. And a lot of people like associate these Canon films as like America's, you know, problem with like how we don't like foreigners and everything like that. It's just like, yeah, but maybe that's true. But this started from an Israeli like filmmakers. <laughs> uh, they might have just seen a way to make a buck too. Yeah, know? they might have just been like, "This is what America likes. This is how we're gonna make money." But he was pretty fucking crazy. Both of them were pretty crazy, making films in their own country. So I, I'm pretty sure they just knew how to exploit. Like you said, they exploited for money. They probably just watched TV and they're like, "Oh, they don't like people from south of the border. Sweet." <laughs> Let's have a movie with people from south of the border going around shooting rockets in the like suburban American homes. That'll get everyone all. Yeah, if you would have had before. some, if you would have had someone whisper into their ear, they're like, "All oh, Canadians are terrible." They would have killed Canadians in their films. Oh, I think that would have been a better movie, though. Can you imagine <laughs> a bunch of Canadians crossing the border <laughs> and them shooting them, <laughs> getting what? everything mixed up? Hey, Just maple you, syrup going everywhere. <laughs> Hey, guy. <laughs> eh? Oh, that'd be great. We just pissed off all of our Canadian listeners now, too. Oh, no, no we, we can never I've... piss them off. They are the greatest. I mean, they're the best neighbors ever. Yeah. If it wasn't so cold, I'd go visit. Oh, they're wonderful. They always just meet you with beer and maple syrup and bacon. It's delicious over there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I noticed that Billy uh, Drago's in this. It's a very yeah. short cameo. Yeah. So first, I forgot why they're even talking to him. They're like selling the cocaine to him. I don't know either. Richard Lynch just shoots him in the dick and throws him out the window. And throws then, his girlfriend out the window. Well, he smashes her head onto the coke straw. Yeah. He's, like that's... just doing coke over and over. And they keep zooming in on that metal straw. And then he just smashes her face into it. I was like, wow, this movie picked up. It just goes. I guess that's where Aaron Noah got or not Aaron Noah. Um, what's his name? Uh, Batman. When the Joker is just like, now you see it. It's gone. Uh, I just called him Aaron Noah. That's a picture. It's a picture on the Phillies. What the fuck? Uh, just, for all you non-sports fans, you just learned some. Yeah. I'm going to um, do a magic trick. I'm going to make this pencil disappear. Heath Ledger. Ledger. No one, no one. I'm thinking of the filmmaker. Christopher Nolan. No, Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, so we've got, we've had the scene where the first dick shooting scene. I know there's others to follow in this. Then we get the the beach landing with all those guys just come ashore and those landing craft. And there was that couple. Remember they were frolicking around. Mm -hmm. You know that dude's got this banana hammock, just banana hammock just rocking. Yeah. Like, totally uh, 80s. This is one issue I have with these movies. It's all like proto masculine like tough guy movies right mm -hmm. how much have you guys talked about men's physiques and dicks so far 
I could talk about that most of the These day. are like the mm-hmm. gayest homoerotic things I've ever seen. It's and like I Top Gun. Every, yeah, it, 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 it's just so funny that everybody's like, what do you mean? You don't like these movies? And then I'm like, sounds pretty sounds pretty gay to me, bud. I, I was confused also by the um, guy who like looked sad that he knew he's going to have to kill this couple. But then he shoots him and then he kind of looks down at him and smiles. And I'm like, wait what <laughs> maybe you didn't want to kill her maybe i right? sure wanted to kill him yeah but when all these terrorists come on you know on the beach and come up and everything and you can see that they're all from different countries and i was like what the fuck but the back the back of the box describes them as a ragtag terrorist group and i was like I don't think anyone ever, you know, describes terrorist groups as ragtag, you know, like they're just a bunch of like down on their luck guys. Like, oh, we're going to take this country. The fuck? Uh, They're the underdogs of this movie. uh, Yeah, because it's a one man army who can't lose. And when you kill his little airboat mate, shit goes down. Comes out of retirement. I did like that. That old dude, though, his buddy that he was getting the gator with. That was pretty fun. Like yeah, that. he just seems like a jolly old drunk old man. He's probably like leather skin, you know, hard as rocks. Never has used suntan lotion a day in his life and still does not die of cancer. You know, <laughs> yeah, like... he, he died of explosion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then like I, I kind of just phase out for a while until we get to the Chuck Norris going and like interrogating that guy and having one of the greatest lines of all time. If you come back in here, well, first he said, I'm annoyed. If you come back in here, I'm going to hit you with so many rights. You're going to be begging for a left. <laughs> I cheered during that. If you come back in here, I'm going to hit you with so many rights. You're going to beg for a left. Why is this not used more in our like Arnold lines and our, so, you know, all of our lines? This is awesome. It's just part of the legend. Yeah, we don't do it so much in Hollywood. And I don't know if The Rock has as many one-liners like this or just little quippy, witty little sayings. But uh, I don't know who wrote this, but God bless you. Like, I haven't seen every Chuck Norris film, but I would say I've seen at least a third of his filmography. He's done a lot. Hell, I just picked up, I showed you guys like a couple weeks ago, I picked up random action films and got some Chuck Norris films that I've never even heard of. So I can't wait to break into those. But yeah, man, he's just got a nice, nice catalog of lines. And a lot of them, this might be his, my favorite Chuck Norris film now. For the longest time, I thought it was uh, Delta Force, which we need to watch that because that film's fucking crazy. And I, I, I've still never seen Delta Force 2. And I hear that's batshit crazy even more. I do like sequels. James yeah. Cameron level sequel with Delta Force 2 from what I've heard. Nice. Maybe we can have like a little Chuck Norris theme at some point. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone would say no to that. No, not certainly not me. All four of them out there. Um, <laughs> that mall scene. like Oh, great. So in the mall, the guy leaves that whatever that uh, bomb in the bag. He's like, sir, you forgot your <laughs> sir, sir, your package. Sir. He's like sprinting after him. And he's like, your package, sir. <laughs> It's just the nicest civilian out there in Christmas time. He's just like, my mission is to get this package back to this man who clearly is trying not to hear me. So apparently they were um, tearing down this part of the mall to uh, like extend the mall. So they paid for this area and said like, yeah, you can blow this all up. Now, I'm sure they didn't say you could blow it all up. I'm sure they're just like, whatever, we're going to tear everything down. So, you know, don't worry about, you know, knocking down a wall or busting some glass and they just went fucking ape shit crazy they're like oh okay that's why they drove a truck through everything give chuck norris a truck and let him just drive through shit like that is a yeah. nice truck though i'd love to have one of those yeah and if you're wondering like hey that uh stunt double looks a lot like chuck norris that's because chuck norris did all of his own stunts in this and that's yeah. nuts the only time he needs a stunt double is when he does a crying scene yeah it's like because tears don't come out of that Iron Man. Oh, my God. I, You know what? But that's just a bad idea. I know he's super tough and everything. But if anything happens, your entire shoot's fucked. And I think they shot this film in like four four weeks or something. It was fast. That's insane. Yeah. It feels fast. Yeah. 
I mean, there was no rewrites. It was just like, go, go, go. We'll figure it out in editing. Yeah, like they don't take time to reload in this movie. Nothing. Not this has to be the movie that that joke is based off of, right? That like I mean, 80s action films never reload. The the rocket launchers, RPGs, grenade launchers, whatever you call them. Mm-hmm. When he's blowing up all the Christmas houses, just nonstop, one after another. Yeah, Richard Lynch just doesn't fucking care. He, he reloads in his mind. And the rocket launcher knows. Yeah, and they blew up this town. I mean, everyone who reviews this film, you've heard this a lot of times if you've listened to anything on this film, is uh, the town was going to be tore down because I guess the airport was expanding its uh, runway. So they're like, yeah, these houses are getting demolished. So they got the land cheap. They got the houses cheap and they just blew them up. This isn't like houses that are built out of splinter wood and everything like that. These are real houses. These are real house explosions. I mean, that's really what it looks like. So that had to be dangerous. Yeah, that's a lot of shrapnel. Yeah. I was thinking that too. I was like, but you never hear anyone dying on Canon films. So they were either great at covering it up or all their budget went to safety, which I I doubt. I'm thinking lucky because I just know in these guys, they were cutting corners every chance they got. The explosion's just a cameraman, like behind some garbage can lids. (laughs) (laughs) They just detonate it from far away. I knew gasoline was, you know, like gasoline and explosions. I've always heard someone say they're cheap, you know, back in the day. Nowadays, they're not. Gunpowder and gasoline's fucking expensive. But back then, wow, some of those house explosions. Man, I hope someone was standing behind. Like, I I could just see them being... You know, like, get behind one of the trucks. Uh, don't worry about goggles. <laughs> get up in a, a two-by-fours through the truck. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Got lucky there, huh, Jeff? All right, on to the next scene. <laughs> I just love that scene, though. They just show up. All the families are outside, like, decorating their Christmas trees outside. It's like, Daddy, my turn to put the star on the tree this year. And, like, the whole, like, just the family, just the, the whole wholesome American, real American family is, like... Yeah. And then they just show a rule in there, just start blasting homes and just yeah. obliterating the whole neighborhood. On the trailer, they go, it's time for dinner. It's, it's time to die. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're going to die right after this. I do love, I mean, even past this, when he gets to the kids, and he's just cruising up in his truck, which seems completely undamaged, like takes the explosion off and then throws in the other guy's like, car. You forgot just, this. Like, yeah, you forgot this. That girl that just watching it, she just looks down and she's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, there's so many great scenes. We can't get to all of them. You know, we no. got the bar scene, which we kind of talked about already. What he like, gives a guy like a, just a live grenade and just like, here, fucking handle this. And then he just walks off. And like... I know. So chill, too. He's like, hold this. <laughs> just walks off. <laughs> So anyone who's not familiar with the works of Chuck Norris, you, you got to understand this is like this legend has been building for quite a while. You know, yeah. it wasn't just the Conan O'Brien things they did. You know, and by the way, I met I told, every time we do a Norris movie, I got to bring this up. But I've met him before. And the man could not have been nicer. Yeah, I, I've like, actually heard he's very gracious to his fans. It was like three in the morning and you could tell he was tired, you know, and he didn't have to be. There were no cameras around. So he didn't have to be cordial or nice or even mm-hmm. interested. But he was interested in what we were doing. and asking questions and taking pictures of people. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, they Speak owe, very highly of the man. They owe their livelihood to us. That's why like some some of them are super stoked to meet fans. Or not stoked but nice. Well like, I mean with, without us they don't have jobs. Like, yeah I remember like when them. I I met Ted DiBiase, um the wrestler um be, before whatever happened in Alabama. But um I've never read on that because I just heard t- Ted DiBiase was involved. But uh, I met him one time and he was flying and we were getting on like a 6 a.m. flight and I was in my early 20s and he was on and you could tell he was just getting off a flight. He was I don't know if he was flying with the WCW at the time. Well, it was early 2000s so probably WWF, WWE at the time. And uh, I was like, you're the million dollar man. He's like, it's good to meet you. What's your name? And I'm like, Steve. And he's like, Steve. Uh, I don't know what he said. He's just like, all right, enjoy your flight. You have a nice night and keep keep watching wrestling. And just walked off. And I was like, That's tight. what the fuck? <laughs> that was a million dollar man. And I remember like the two people next to me, they're like, we don't watch wrestling. And I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. That's Ted DiBiase, man. Come on. 
but oh, anyway. wrestling's great. I don't know. Yeah. People don't like wrestling, and you got to like appreciate it for the theatrical aspect of it. And it's fantastic. Oh. I love wrestling. It's great. It's soap opera and tights, baby, with body slams. It's great. <laughs> it's Real Housewives for men. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and, and then like when he does the whole briefcase thing, uh, where they're like, "Is it not working?" And then he just like puts the things together and explodes. I was like, yeah, "It will now." Well, I don't think that's how that works, but yeah, <laughs> it does when Chuck Norris does it. That's the crazy thing that happened in this movie. Like I rewound a few times, be like, "Did I miss something? Like how did it get here?" Like they just put that ran behind the car and hit the thing to blow it up, and he's already disassembled it got on a roof behind them it's like what what is happening here <laughs> time doesn't exist in these movies well and i i heard this uh so when they're like going through this entire war i don't know how the tanks get there i, I know the army's in there national guard it, it's crazy i need to rewatch. brad you said earlier that you wanted to watch this to like get a better breakdown of it because you kind of got to watch it twice in a row maybe but you didn't have time I would love to watch just the third scene because it's nuts. I just remember yeah. them walking in, blowing up office buildings, and then Chuck Norris is walking around with tailor-made, I don't know, what do you even call them? Uh, holsters. holsters. Well, holsters, but they're Uzi holsters, so you don't have to take them out of their holsters. You just hold them up and fire. And I'm like, that's fucking great. And he just rolls up and starts shooting people dressed as military, knowing that they're not, apparently. I was like, good <laughs> guess, bud, because I had no idea. Oh, they kind of, I think they set a trap for, they kind of baited Rostov yeah, was, into coming up and trying to get him. Was him getting arrested part of the trap? It was part of Is the trap. Is that why yeah. he was on the phone? And he's like, I don't know if they'll go for this, but I'll try. I don't even line. recall what you guys are talking about. So we I talked was... to his handler, and he was, the, the handler, oh, like, I don't yeah. know if they'll go to, for this, but... I'll well, something that, that was interesting. What it was, yeah. Something that was interesting that relates to that is his like his like right hand man that kept telling him that like, hey man, uh, stop going after this uh, hunter guy. You know, stop. We got bigger mission. And he just kept. He's like, no, no, we gotta get hunter. We gotta get hunter. As he has uh, nightmares about him. He does sweaty nightmares. <laughs> you have the same dream again, boss. Yeah. Hunter got me again. I need you to buy me some new sheets. We are really running low on the sheet uh, budget here. Uh, it's getting a little ridiculous. Well, if we kill him, I wouldn't sweat through these sheets. I was actually on the cutting room floor. Chuck Norris didn't like that. It's like not manly enough. I did. You got the Blu-ray edition? Oh, yeah. Super Blu-ray. 4K. Oh, please come out with a 4K of this. I'd fucking buy it in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I think like the likeness of this movie is like Brad and I are here and Chris is not disliking it, but he's, he's definitely right here. Because... It's not my wheelhouse, but yeah. it, it does have things that are, it's fine. Well, what if we dubbed it in Japanese? Would you like it better? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't read. Oh, I never said we're going to give you like the actual English. Dub. No, if no. I had somebody sitting with me, I'd probably enjoy it. For me, this is like, I'm the perfect age group for this demographic that this is marketed to. I mean, I was a kid when this came out. And so I remember watching this and thinking like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go kill some goddamn communists after this. Yeah, I was like four months old when this came out. I thought it was like uh, real when it first came out. So I was like two and a half. I, I don't think I saw this until I actually probably saw this first time was on TV because this played a lot on cable from what I remember. But then again, it could have been any Chuck Norris film because, you know, like we just love them. But I, I saw so many of this, like the same Chuck Norris. I always remember yeah. Mission in Action 3 played a lot. Delta Force played a lot. Sidekicks played a lot. And I'm pretty sure this. Yeah, Chuck Norris has made a career of just playing Chuck Norris in every movie he's in, which is perfect in my book. So don't ever change I, that. Yeah, I mean, when you when you got it, you got it. And then, then he goes on to Walker, Texas Ranger, and just that show became even more popular once yeah. Conan started playing his clips. Just like, that show I grew up watching, and I liked yeah. that when I was younger. All right, so the end happens, and uh, everything blows up, and Chuck Norris walks out victorious because that's what Chuck Norris does. I did hear in it was something on YouTube one time, and uh, they brought up this film briefly and how rocket launchers actually have 
a distance, a safety distance. Mm-hmm. So you can't just like shoot someone with a rocket launcher in a room like the you know size of mine because they have to actually travel a certain distance before they explode. So they brought this film up and Death Wish three and a couple other films that have rocket launchers that kill people in short distances and that that doesn't actually work. But I was like, yeah, but you're forgetting one key thing. This is Chuck Norris firing it. That fucking rocket's going to blow up. I mean, that's you know, what he does. You know, back to this ending, too. He's like, time to die. Shoots him with a rocket launcher, blows him to pieces. Roll credits. We're out of here. Yeah. yeah. It started playing the next movie. And I was like, wait, did I hit a button? <laughs> and went back again. I was like, nope, that's then. This is actually the film. I, both of my VCRs are broke now. And this film is the last one that that VCR will probably play because I, I don't know if I'm going to spend time uh, replacing it. But it it was starting to make noises at the end of it. And then I took this thing out and I put in another tape and it just fucking broke. So that VCR will always have the story of Invasion USA broke me. Do you need another one? No, my brother has one and like other people have decided to give me. But I think I'm going to go out and actually buy a good one, too. Ooh. Yeah, because like I, I feel like every time I buy one from like a Goodwill or whatever thrift store, they only last about a year. And I know I could get better at repairing them, but I just don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> because you can still use them to like clean mold off of tapes and everything, mm-hmm. take off the top or, you know, other things, uh, test tapes. I just don't know because right now they're still relatively affordable as long as you don't go to eBay. You get these people, they're like, this VCR is worth $200. No, it ain't. The fuck you no. talking about? I get that. People trying to sell tapes. And I was like, no, that's just drug money that makes them expensive. Yeah. It's, like, it's not really worth it. Yeah, now yeah. they're making it more legit because they're like, it's graded. I don't give a fuck. I buy these tapes to watch them. Yeah, it's too bad Betamax didn't win out because when those things were both competing kind of on an even... I don't even feel initially my family went Betamax. Mm-hmm. Oops. We're just like, we're a Betamax family, you fucking losers with your VHS. And then Betamax just disappeared. Yeah, it's just like DVD and then. Yeah, the my CD brother. Four or whatever the other thing was called. Yeah, my brother invested in that and has them all because they only released like 20 something movies on these whatever tapes. I was like, you know, those are worth something. So I told him I'd buy them from him. As long as he sold me the player, too, because they're like they're basically like souped up DVDs, right? Yeah, it was supposed to be something else. Yeah, but yeah, they didn't it didn't went out. It was that yeah. weird era when it did VHS DVD and then the other thing were starting. Everything was getting released on the same yeah. format. And then it'd oh, be yeah. you could buy the soundtrack on vinyl, CD or cassette because mm-hmm. we don't know what people are using yet. I remember at one point there there was DVD. There was still um, what am I thinking of? Uh, the big disc, uh, laser disc. Laser. Yeah, they had laser DVDs, VHS at one point. Yeah, and then you like you said the records. It's like fucking crazy. Like the '90s were like the media collector's wet dream. It really was. There's just so much. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. uh, that's enough with this film. Uh, I have two more notes, and we'll move on to recommendations and the museum. So I've got Roger Ebert gave this film 0.5 stars out of four and called it a brain-damaged, idiotic thriller, not even bad enough to be laughable. Incorrect. That's why I like it. Not even bad enough to be laughable? What the fuck are you talking about? Richard Lynch shoots two guys in the dicks. Who doesn't laugh at that? Oh. <laughs> Whatever. And then um, I don't even know what the last note was. It doesn't matter. This movie's awesome. Chris, do you recommend Invasion USA? No. Mm. No. I'm sure it can be fun. You guys like it. It's going to get a two out of three. Just, I'm not even going to respond to you. (laughs) I completely, completely think you should go out and watch this you should own it on any format uh watch it on tubi whatever it takes brad finish it off do you recommend invasion usa so steve you watched this on your on your visa on your vcr and gave it its last legs there and yeah. i watched this on the history channel because this is a documentary <laughs> this and t2 i'm gonna give this 100 percent and just pat on again the ultimate christmas movie drunk uncle 
it is like cocaine for America, cocaine for drunk uncle in this movie. It's fantastic. Um, actually, I watched it on Tubi, and apparently the Tubi algorithms believes I have HIV because every time I got a commercial break, it was like pitching me some HIV medication. Like you could live a normal life with HIV. And I think it's because of the other movies I've selected, all the canon films and Samurai Cop and <laughs> TCM, the Chainsaw Massacre movies. It's like, well, apparently this guy fits the profile of uh, some man who's going around with HIV. So I think a drunk uncle wrote those algorithms. I will. I will say though, if we all get together one day, I will watch this movie with you guys. Oh yeah, and then you'll no. like it and I'm stop not being a down. communist. I don't know about that one, but yeah. I might enjoy it. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our Chuck Norris wing of the museum and Christmas movie wing of the museum. <laughs> uh, Brad, you pick this. Go first. What do you got? I better leave before you get mad. <laughs> uh, it was a parade of one-liners. I just wanted to throw yeah. on that. There's a little bit obscure. Because we didn't talk about the woman reporter yet, too. This was back mm-hmm. in the 80s where it's like you really can't trust a woman reporter. <laughs> she's gonna get up in your business asking a bunch of questions that you don't need to be answering that was actually one of my other notes is uh whoopi goldberg was supposed to play uh that reporter uh chuck norris wanted her and she was in another movie he was in earlier in their both their careers and uh he's like yeah the director taught me uh talked me out of it and said no we shouldn't use her it's fair to say i never use that director again after this film and i was like (laughs) Because he's just like, I knew that woman was going to be famous. <laughs> Chris, you hated this film. You can go second. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't really like it. No, I want uh, the bar. The the bar where he interrogates the guy and stabs the dude's hand and the left or right. The downstairs part that we skipped where there's just, he's like wiping the bar up with that girl's titties. And they're just uh, partying. Yeah. The other bar was the same way. It had a stripper pole. Those bars are tight. That's that's what I put in it. We can party while opening gifts. Uh, mine is the pet armadillo. I have never <laughs> seen it. And I'm fascinated if armadillos make good pets. Domesticated armadillos. I, I mean, what? Yeah, chicken milk knocking over the bowl, being cute. <laughs> uh, my number two was going to be the holsters with the Uzis, but... You know, I could see that being in another movie, but a pet armadillo. Wow. I mean, this movie just teaches us so much. <laughs> it's truly a learn. It is a documentary about real people, a real hero doing what he had to do. Mr. Matt Hunter saving America, a one man <laughs> army. Uh, as the back of the box says, America's doomsday weapon launches his final plan. I don't know what his plan was other than kill everyone, but okay. He said in 24 hours, America's going to be a different place. They made it like 16. So if he ran for president, um, would anyone run against him? Norris? Of course, yeah. Chuck. Who else? I was like, I didn't about? know if you were talking about Rostov. Rostov. I mean, well, Chuck, I mean, he'd be formidable. He just wouldn't say anything. He'd be like, choose me. America will be safe. I'll be like, ah, that's a pretty good line right there. That's, um, pretty good. Yeah. You know, after watching this, I did some reading up on it and I only have one complaint. It has nothing to do with the movie. It's just that quote from Chuck Norris about how he was kind of inspired to make this. Oh yes. Yeah. Go ahead and tell that. And it's like, yeah, from reader's digest. I mean, don't get your news from reader's digest guys. He's like, you know, there's hundreds of terrorists that are running loose in the United States. Okay. Boy, that's scary. That's just like when you do shit like that, you know, you're basically taking people who look different and like just giving people like drunk uncle a right, just a the green light to harass or worse to these people. And so I do wonder like what the hell that was about. There's a hundred terrorists, hundreds of terrorists in this country. And then he was just like, what if they all bonded together and, you know, took out city if they went city to city, taking them out. And I was like, you know, that'd be pretty tough to do. But uh, I imagine all of their terrorists had brown skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
I don't know. Maybe Russian too, because I mean, we're still, I mean, it was getting close to the end of the whole cold, cold war, like paranoia, but uh, still it was the Reagan time period. I don't know. Yeah. This movie is not meant to scare people, but to make us aware of potential problems, like, yeah. it's totally meant to scare people. Like, Yeah. It's an alarmist film. That's and... what I was wondering when I was watching it. I didn't get like that feeling, but it's along the lines of the other movies that do it. Well, the thing is, is like, if it would have been like one country coming after us, just Russia, then it's a true alarmist film. Like they could penetrate our defenses. We're soft. You know, we have a lot of soft targets, everything like that. But they went really goofy with it being every ethnicity that they could get, you know, like whatever they could on the casting sheet. You know, they're like, are they in good shape? Do they kind of look scary? Boom, put them in. And that was the goofy part. And I was like, yeah, that's that's your problem. But it's a small detail in a very fun or it's a small complaint in a very fun movie in in in, in a better time period or, or a little bit more luck this film would be right up there with die hard because it's just fucking insane but die hard you know had bruce willis at his you know height of personality before he just started sleepwalking through films so i'm not saying this is better than die hard i'm just saying it's the greatest christmas film ever made okay Die Hard's not a Christmas film. It's just Bruce a movie Willis that takes place in Christmas. That happens to be awesome, too. Anyway, that'll do it this week. We'll be back next week when we start a new theme. And I picked it out of a hat. Does everyone want to know what it is? Yeah. Body transformation. Now, next time when we pick a theme, we're going to actually pick it out of a hat in front of everyone. Uh, but uh, we kind of forgot. <laughs> So, uh, we've got it. This ended our theme on weapons on the covers. All three of them happen to be guns. And Body Transformation is next. And the first film is my film. So, get ready for something weird. <laughs> All right, everybody. Remember to be kind. And rewind. And you guys are pros now.